Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fright Talk. And you're here with the Fright Talk guys. I'm Billy B.J. Jones, and I'm Nadine Taps. We're the Fright Talk guys. And we welcome you back for another exciting live podcast episode right here at Everyday Folks Radio. If at any time you'd like to speak to us during this live podcast, you can call us at 347 539 5372. Again, that's 347 539 5372. And if you prefer to inbox us or DM us with your questions, comments, or requests, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com are available as email addresses, and you have ntabs, T-A-N-T-A-B-S-C-H, and frighttalkguys, both available on Instagram. Nadim, our season is over, and I feel a sense of depression. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, our season is never over. It's exactly. Just that all was exactly year round. <laughs> but we had a wonderful October. Yes, we uh, definitely a more a more back to normal October than last year. I think we could all agree on that, right? So Absolutely. definitely grateful for that. And uh, you know, we spooky season for us is all year long. We still uh, enjoy and embark upon the books that we like and the genres of movies and shows and all of those wonderful things. And we still have these, these discussions about it all year long. So for us, the spooky season just gets a little bit spookier in October, but we try to make it live on for the entire, the entirety of the year. And we have to say special shout out on October 27th, folks, we posted it on the website. Some of you may have been there. Nadim, I, and Noah McDonough were on a live panel for Broward college discussing having a chat about horror titled things that go bump in the night, a chat about horror. Congratulations, brother. We had fun, fun, fun. And once the video is available, we're going to post it on everydayfolksradio.com so you can go back and watch the live podcast recording. So congratulations for an exciting season. And also tonight, Nadine, you know, we're talking about shape-shifting. Shape-shifting is the ability to change into another form. From mythology to modern-day fiction, shape-shifting makes characters ex- extraordinary. If you could shape-shift, what would be your alternative form or forms? And do movies and books that feature shape-shifting characters entice their audiences more? Well, folks, you came to the right place to find out. This is a cool topic. Definitely a good topic. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that people, you know, when people hear shape-shifting, I think that sometimes people only think of specific, like, maybe some sort of mist or, or some sort of entity that changes shapes. But really when we're talking about shapeshifters, we're talking about a huge genre of, of creatures. All right. So we're talking about vampires, werewolves, witches, Bigfoot. Uh, we're talking about a slew of different characters. And of course, 
paranormal, ghosts. Right. I mean, we're, it's just so much to to discuss. Now, there have been many reported uh, stories and accounts of people that have seen shadowy figures that they can't, they don't have a decisive face or anything like that, and they shift from being something looking more solid, something looking more fluid. And so there's definitely those stories as well. But when we're talking about shape-shifting, we are talking about a, a huge umbrella. And based upon a lot of the questions we received tonight, you're, we're going to mm-hmm. – I think the listeners are going to appreciate just how different shape-shifting uh, is. And, and I don't think that there's a lot of podcasts – and I'm not – of course, I'm self-promoting – but I don't think that there's a lot of podcasts that do – or have covered this topic. I think that we're scratching the surface with it, Billy. So thank you, because you're the one who came up with the topic. And also, congrats to you, because you hosted that wonderful horror panel that we had. Thank you so much. So thank you so much. Thank you. You did a wonderful job. And yeah, Billy, I mean, when when you think about shape-shifting, what comes to mind? That's a really good question. I think of, I'm going to throw something totally crazy in sci-fi, Terminator. Ah, and three yes yes yes. great examples of shape shifting when you get the the more um enhanced version of the t model coming back in the you know from the future into the past to come undo the bad the good robot it was quite um that that ability first it was a a man then it became a woman they were and they could move their arms and create all kind of things and be other beings like they could take and morph into other forms. I thought it was super neat. And that was that was a long time ago, folks. This was an 80s movie, and then there were 90 adaptations for these sequels that followed. So to me, I think of that. What comes to mind for you when, it, when you think of shape-shifting? You know, it's I, I'm, I, I think I'm in part one of those individuals that thinks, I initially think some sort of misty figure that you can't really pinpoint what it is. But I also recognize that witches for a long time in legend have been known to have changed um, as well as vampires, as well as werewolves. I mean, it, it just kind of, it's, it's very broad, right? Because yes, it it's a very broad topic. And so when I think of shape-shifting, um, I kind of think of like the hollow man. Mm. that's kind of what comes to mind because even though it's the the idea of the invisible man, yeah, he's the invisible man, but in some cases, you know, when he's covered in water, now he's like in liquid form and then, you know, and so on and so forth. So I I can't say that I pinpoint one particular aspect of it only because there's so many stories that kind of say, well, this legendary creature has shape-shifted from this to this, from a person to a cat, a person to a bat, you know, from a creature that's on one side of the forest that automatically disappears and somehow you hear it miles away or whatever the case is. So it's very difficult to pinpoint, but the first initial image I get in my mind is definitely some sort of uh, misty figure. Mm. So I got got something for you, Nadine, when it comes to the trope of shape-shifting in films and books. We define shape-shifting by our show's topic as a character who has the ability to transform their body into another, you know, being, identity, et cetera. Even assuming sounds and tones and behavior of that other identity in some cases. So, but 
if someone is, let's say, cast a spell on them and becomes a pumpkin, a rabbit, does that make that person now a shape a, a shape shifter? So I think that if the person can do it themselves, mm-hmm. or if the creature can do it themselves, they are a shape shifter. If somebody does it to them, they are not a shapeshifter. So Got it. if a story comes around and somebody's turned into a pumpkin, well, that person that turned into a pumpkin is not a shapeshifter. If Correct. somebody is a creature that then decides to turn in, that creature turns into a lizard, well, then that creature is a shapeshifter. So it's more about um, can you do it or, do, or is somebody doing it to you? Right. So like I guess versus internal versus external um, forces that encourage if it's internal Correct. then it's within you right even yes. if you're a werewolf and you're bitten by one yes the howling the, the, the full moon is what it triggers it but that started within you because the bite passed it on to you so technically it's that shape shifting and transformation are distinct folks is what we're trying to say here because I could make if I'm a magic user and I decide to make something um, something else against its own will I had the power. I'm the external force versus right. shape-shifting has more of an internal connection or significance. And folklore mythology is well known for that from many of these pagan gods from Greek and Roman mythology, Norse mythology yeah. as well, um, Japanese um, mythology as well. You can see a lot of these ident- identities of shape-shifting so common among them, even in the Bible, even in the Bible, the devil himself in the, the Garden of Eden Right, was a shapeshifter, right. you know, yeah. as a snake. He appeared as a serpent, right. Right? right? And so this identity of shapeshifting actually scares folks in some ways. And it's so fascinating because I find at least shapeshifters to be always bad guys sometimes or misunderstood. Yeah. 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 Definitely how they're portrayed. I, I definitely believe that it, it's about if that creature based on legend has the ability. Remember when we had the show about werewolves and we discussed that one of the legends of the werewolves came up that if somebody had this uh, this wolf pelt, That's right. which was given to them by the devil, then that person could turn into a werewolf. And so technically that's where that you were talking about the mythologies and where that's come, that comes from of the shape-shifting. And I think that people write – when people write books about mysteries or horrors or about different creatures and they do movies or they're talking about these legends in historical context. I think people are creating creatures or have created creatures that are shapeshifters without the individual actually thinking mm. I'm creating a shapeshifter. I think mm. they primarily think I'm creating this type of character and not realizing that even though they can change into something else, they're not necessarily thinking that. Now, let me ask you something, Billy. Mm-hmm. In, in reference to legends and creatures and so on and so forth, I know that we mostly think about shape-shifting as in one being to another, but what about objects? Do you hmm. think in legends or, or – and of course I'm mentioning legends specific, not anything historically documented – an individual turning or shape-shifting into a, an actual item as opposed to another being? Hmm. I'm thinking from mythology – a good question. I'm thinking from mythology. I'm not sure Demeter did this in mythology, you know, the goddess of harvest, but 
I'm trying to remember if there was a part of her storyline where she actually was part, you know, there was some kind of connection to the earth or trees or something. I can't recall. I know Zeus. No, but he, yes, Zeus appeared in a golden shower to want to um, Perseus' mom. Right. When, you know, so there is an example. So he actually was an element of water, you know, something also that, you know, water also is something that touches our naked bodies. So it it also sexualizes the whole situation, what he did to that lady, the golden shower, folks. Uh Right. But the other aspect, too, (laughs) is um, I I, I think there were others that turned, you said not even animals, but objects, right? Correct. Rain Uh is not an object. A golden shower is, you know, like waterfall with that. I don't know if that would classify as an object or, you know, that more is more of an, a natural element of nature. It's a good question, actually. Right. Well, when we Could talk you... about, you know, when we've talked about before, and, and, and folks, if you're listening, understand that a lot of the discussions that we have, we discuss paranormal things outside of the show all of the time. And so we're constantly having these discussions on, on stories that have been investigated and things like that. And so, you know, Billy, when we've talked about paranormal instances before, remember we've talked about items that can have some sort of energy, right? So then the question right. is, is that energy that an item has by, I know that's significantly different than shape-shifting into that item. I don't know. It's just some food for thought. That's a very good question, actually. It's a very good question, Nadine. And folks, you're listening live to the podcast. We're already a quarter of a, a quarter of the of the uh, hour into our show. The call in is three four seven five three nine five three seven two. We'll still give that number, although you don't like to call us. You just like to send us messages on social media, and we're grateful for that. Three four seven five three nine five three seven two, or on Instagram at Fright Talk Guys, or on Dean's Instagram at Ntabs T N T A T A B S C H. And everyday folks, radio at gmail.com and frighttallguys at gmail.com. You can hit us up and let us know what you think. And Billy, we have quite a bit of questions to get through today. Yeah. Um, and we, we, the past several shows we've had, we've actually been bombarded with questions. And that's a great thing for us because we love all the different questions we get in because none of the questions are the same, right? So they're all very different. And so I think that we should start seeing if we can knock some of these out because I want to make mm-hmm. sure that we are able to get to as many of these as we can. A lot of good questions came in today. And so I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, Carla. Okay. Carla asks, I just discovered your series on Spotify. All right now, Carla, thank you. Thank you for the love. Good job. Do you think shape – I'm sorry. Do you think shape-changing movies or movies with those characters – are more enjoyable to watch. Billy, what are your thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. Carla, I would say this. It's interesting to see what they become, but I guess the movies that they've always been featured, they weren't always, you know, I I guess that wasn't the reason why I watched them. If they had that ability to do that or to, to, to morph into something else, Okay, it was cool. It was supernatural. It was a superpower. I kind of liked it. Whether they were the good guy or the villain, but I would say that they are no different than any other movie. If the, if the plot doesn't work, then it doesn't work and something lousy, you know, on the Rotten Tomatoes scale. But on a, on a good sense, I like when we get depth, just like we would, for instance, in Mystique and X-Men. Mm-hmm. When I think of Mystique, I would love for Mystique to get an anti-hero movie as time to get a, a, a heroine and a heroine in that regard, give her her yeah. storyline. Cause there is a, a really unique storyline that 
Um, even Marvel has skated on over the years in his X-Men franchise to bring out that identity from her originality. I think it'd be nice to see how that could play out today and give us a full understanding of who she is. She's more than just a creature. Right. Yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll say this. I do enjoy watching either series or movies where the characters do have that ability. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is one of them, mm-hmm. where eventually she can mimic for a small portion of time or at least uh, give the illusion that she is something else and that people will only see something else. And so, Carla, do I find it more enjoyable to watch? I think sometimes. Sometimes it makes it more enjoyable when you know that the main character or the person that you're rooting for anyways uh, has that additional ability. I think it does make it slightly more enjoyable because it's just one more armor to add to their repertoire. Thank you so Mm. much for the question, Carla. Fantastic. We appreciate your listening. Thank you, Carla. We got one from Dexter. And you said something earlier, Nadim, about um, the ghosts. And Dexter asks, are are ghosts considered shapeshifters? I don't think so, but I'd like your take on this. So I absolutely do believe ghosts are shapeshifters. Um, and the reason why I believe that is because when you, you may, if those people that have encountered paranormal or, or a ghost may see a ghost in one aspect and then that ghost doing or being something else or maybe wearing something else, I think it kind of, they do, or they are shapeshifters. If people uh, have seen a ghost or had a ghostly encounter and that ghost fizzles into a mist, well, take, technically that's a shapeshifting. Right. If that ghost turned into a darker figure in front mm-hmm. of you, so mm. that that is there is that shape-shifting element for ghosts absolutely i believe that they are uh shapeshifters and you know and we have a a story that was written for us last episode that we couldn't get to and it talks about ghosts and an image so i want your your take on this question billy and then I, i'd mm-hmm. like to share the story from priscilla one of our go listeners. for it so priscilla wrote into us and thank you so much priscilla for writing in You know, we asked for, uh, in one of the last shows, we asked for the scary stories, uh, scary encounters that our listeners had. And uh, we had so many great ones, but we couldn't get to Priscilla's, but we're going to get to it today. And it ties in with Dexter's, Dexter's question. Priscilla says, my grandfather passed away a few years ago. Ever since his passing, my mother hears footsteps walking around the house every other night. He lived with her before his passing. My parents have cameras throughout the house, and they can access the footage from their smart devices in real time. A few months ago, while my parents were on a trip, my father got a notification on his phone that someone was in the house. The shape, caught on camera, looked just like my grandfather. I still get chills when I think about the footage. And so notice the words she used, the shape. And so that's Mm. why I believe that ghosts are shapeshifters. So what's your take on the story and on Dexter's question? I think it's possible uh, in all of the above because sometimes ghosts can appear as human form or a visage of a human, or they could be orbs of light, right? And right. the orbs themselves can be almost like these little mirrors that reflect the form if the light angle, the right angle hits them, at least what I've seen on footage. But the point is they, they definitely could morph. I always wonder, I mean, be, be shapeshifters. They aren't human anymore, so that in itself qualifies them. Now, the question is, can a ghost become another form of something that's debatable, right? 
And so that's where I guess the boundary ends for what shape-shifting potential they can have, you know, because often they're still mirroring something that resembled life as human or something that human naked eye could identify as human. And so I, right. I think that it's it's possible, Dexter, but it's it it, it it I guess I'm on the fence now, and I'm thinking about my own response. I'm teetering on the fence of whether or not it could be on one way or the other because once you see a ghost, a ghost is a ghost. And if I'm seeing a ghost, I don't know. How do I know that's different from the the same ghost or a specter I may see somewhere else? So right. it's but the orbs are examples of ghosts, you know. So it's a very interesting question. Absolutely. And thank you, Priscilla. That was good. Yeah, that was good, Priscilla. Thank you so much. have a question here for you from Josh. Josh says, mm-hmm. having static, non-shapeshifting characters seem typical. But do you think shapeshifters are more likely to be good guys or bad guys? Ooh. So we need some examples, Nadine, to, to further this. So I'll start with Terminator. It made it easier to see that the bad guys were obviously the 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 shapeshifters. But if I go to hmm, I'm gonna go to another one. Even if I go to Sabrina, she represents she's the daughter of the dark forces, but is she is she good or bad? Right? So right. it's I question what's good or bad. It almost like makes the line it's obscure in that that storyline, which is very clever. I also like the fact that not only does it make them good or bad guys, but also male or female. If, if, if a shapeshifter is a female, you know, I found like in Terminator, she hardly ever talked. Yeah. You know, the, the lady when she played it. Yeah, the lady, right. You know, like I find that, but in most shapeshifting experiences, these characters, when they're not making their monster voice or their, their shifting identities yeah. voice, they seem to engage in some way. Um, I, that's a good question. That one has me stumped there. What do you think? Well, so for the context, uh, you were asking about the different. So it's tricky because I think it's how the shapeshifters use. Most times, they end up being bad, bad, uh, bad guys or villains or whatever you want to call it, bad people. Most of the time, I think to myself, Billy, do you think that Chucky is considered a shapeshifter? No. Because he, no, because remember, he is a serial killer spirit into the doll. Yeah, but he's in the doll, like. But he can't right. change that view. He's always the doll. If not, the spirit can't dwell in anything else. But he goes into the doll. Yeah, so but wouldn't that be more right. transformative? Because he's be in there. He's cursed. Because usually in transformation, the you know the the transformation trope of literature, the curse is on something or in something. So right. that doesn't make it shape-shifting, at least for my opinion, because of the fact that it's in it. And often the quest in many storylines is to expel the curse, right? Or Correct. to stop the curse from Correct. happening. Yeah. So, yeah, right. so it's more of a, to me, more of the transformational side of the, of, of the trope than it, it would be shape-shifting. But, again, they're right there on the fence, neck and neck there, in terms of how that works. Well, I think of the original movie, The Craft, and I remember that scene where one of the girls, one of the witches... Uh constantly changes she changes from one girl to, well not constantly but she changes from one girl to the other to to be with the boyfriend and so on and so forth and uh of one girl so you know that that's shape-shifting right you change from one to another and that was so that would be a good i, I would say that most of the time josh they're probably portrayed as villains or bad guys yeah. now in the case of sabrina 
I mean, I was always rooting for Sabrina, so I don't see it that way for Sabrina. But I think most of the time they're they're portrayed as villains. Nadine, would you consider Loki the Marvel character as is he capable of doing that? I'm wondering, shape shifting. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm wondering. So, I don't. I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm confusing his ability so Loki, with another character. I mean, Loki is a trickster, and I think that there's a difference between a trickster and a shapeshifter, right? So trickster That's is true. more about the illusion and the illusions put out, whereas a shapeshifter can actually do this and for a longer mm. period of time without the illusion. That, that's just my opinion on it. That's a very good point. I for- completely forgot about the trickster th- trope as well. Now yeah. that to me, I mean, yeah, shapeshifting is really fun, but tricksters are cool. Like they do add some kind of cool humor sometimes or dark humor to things. You know, I just hit one. Oh my gosh, Nadine, I just thought of the, one, the most obvious shapeshifter in a way. Would Venom or Carnage be considered shapeshifters? Hmm. Good question. I mean, they're symbiotes, right? And so, yeah, yeah I, maybe, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, remember in the Venom. In the story of Venom, yeah, I think so, because in the story of Venom, he kind of lives within him. Yeah. And then comes out, right? So, yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Now, in reference to Carnage, probably be the same thing. Yeah. Probably be the same thing. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Folks, you're getting us. These questions are good because even when I'm shape-shifting, I'm, like, shifting my mind, (laughs) like, trying to figure out, like, wait a minute. But what character am I identifying as here? But at the end of the day, the, the shapeshifters ultim- ultimately have one shape they, that's their home base, right? Yeah. And if they become these chameleons or things of other spaces, that's, that's what it is. But, yeah, they, you know, the idea of um, – I like the trickster aspect. You know, tricksters were very interesting enough in, in African literature as well. Shape, um, there were tricksters, and tricksters also did similar things in shapeshifting as well, too. So even children's classic fairy tales had some of those um, shape-shifting as well. Grimm's fairy tales had a few of those examples too. So it's shape-shifting is everywhere. I can't think of one culture that doesn't talk about it. Even in Indian native culture and native lore, when they talk about some of their gods or beings, their nature beings or gods, they, you know, paid homage. These gods would manifest in other forms to appear to their, their, their supporters. They're worshipers. So right. it's definitely across all, I think, even pre-recorded human history has shape-shifting um, ideologies. Well, that's an excellent point. We have a lot here. Wow, look at this list. It keeps okay. growing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at this. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's go to... Let's go to Max. Max is always a loyal listener, is always writing questions. We always appreciate it, Max. And he has, I just love his question. Max says, Beetlejuice is the shapeshifter, right? Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. Look at the crazy stuff he does in that movie. So, Billy, Beetlejuice, shapeshifter. Oh, gosh. What do you think? Like, listen, I want, I, I, you know what's funny? He's one of the first shapeshifters that make me happy to watch because I can't wait to see what yeah. he's going to do next. What kind yeah. of mischief is he, is he going to create? And he makes yeah. wearing stripes look so cool, you know? Kudos to that. But one of the best shapeshifters ever is Beetlejuice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Think of that. That's yep. a very good point. Huh. Excellent. He turns into the banister at one point in the stairs. 
Uh-huh. Additional to that, he turns into an actual beetle when he's trying to describe to them, you know, what what to say to say the words Beetlejuice. And so, yeah, absolutely, he's a shapeshifter and and uh, and and poltergeist extraordinaire. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Beetlejuice is a great shapeshifter. <laughs> Love the even way even saying his name, I'm smiling. It's hilarious. Yes, yes, you know. <laughs> My only gripe about Beetlejuice is that he's not in the movie enough, in my opinion. True. That is very true. Because the storyline itself, it really centers on, you know, he really plays the antagonist. Just like the typical antagonist would be, you know, um, in in PG-13 movies. You know, it's one of those movies that even to this day, kudos to Halloween Horror Night for giving it a house and giving it a theme this year. Even though it wasn't a, a scary house, I enjoyed myself so much going through there and reliving some of the shape-shifting moments from the book. They, it was like you're walking through, I mean, for the movie, excuse me, it's like you're walking through the scenes of the movie in the haunted house. It was right. amazing, amazing. And, yeah, you had um, Lydia, not Lydia, but the, the, the couple, uh-huh. um, the, they, they were, like, scaring you. They, if anybody was coming after you in different scenes was the couple popping up here and there. But Lydia right. and Beetlejuice would do something here and there, but he was standing with Lydia um, it was really great to see that, and thank you for that, Max. I think that was a really good question to help us appreciate one of the most classic movies ever. Yeah. Now, folks, it is 7.30. We're half hour in, and we appreciate your love. You can still get those comments and questions in at everydayfolks at gmail.com, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, or frighttalkguys at gmail.com, or go to Instagram. We can go to Nadine's. Um, we'll go to Fright Talk Guys. Look us up, subscribe, love us. Go to Nadine's at Ntabsh as well, N-T-A-B-S-C-H. You can DM us too while you subscribe and post. So, Nadine, I got one for you. This one's coming from Donna. Donna says, I like the show True Blood on HBO. I remember Sam in that movie as a, as a, in that movie or show as a shapeshifter. Do you see that show? Did you see that show and like his character? So True Blood, I assume, is about the, the one about vampires? Yeah, the one the vampire. I have never seen True Blood. Really? I have never uh, seen True Nadine, Blood. You're leaving the show. <laughs> I know, I know. I've never seen True Blood, but only if I'm not mistaken, Billy, is that the one where it's like romanticized southern vampire type thing? Is that right? Somewhat, but it's it's based on the 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 Cookie Stackhouse Chronicles books, and it's it, which. Funny enough, the show really, it, at first, it started following the book, and then it deviated into a whole other space. Um, but, yes, it, it did have that aspect of that, that gothic love but um, between vampire and uh, sprite, um, and, um, you know, little, what do you call those, elves with, it, with magic or something. So that, that did go on. You also had werewolves that were there. You also had witches that were part of the storyline. It was pretty cool. Sam what Donna's referring to on there is Sam. Sam owned the bar where all these creatures that were honestly shape-shifting would go and hang out at. But he himself was a shape-shifter. He Ah, could turn into anything, any kind of animal, actually. Got it, got it. He couldn't be another human, but he could always shape-shift to an animal. And I like Sam. And his real name in life starts, his first name is Sam as well. He was such a um, lovable person of all the characters and it made me appreciate him in a different way. Kind of like, um, the night crawler and, and X-Men okay. where you get right. to learn that storyline. He's kind of like in that space where you're like, 
Oh, Nightcrawler, you have these little challenges. I like you. And you have your abilities and you don't seem to like this gift, but it comes in handy when people most need it to help. And so it, it almost follows into that, plays into that trope, actually. So kudos for bringing up Donna Sam. Sam was a good character. He was one of the star cast members of the show. Um, but the, the show really revolved around Sookie, you know, and Eric and, um, and Bill, those three, that little strange triangle of love that the two men were always fighting the, where the, 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 the vampires after her, um, her, her love. So, yeah, that was a good example. Thank you, Donna. Yeah, no, I have not seen it. Um, I have seen Grimm, though. I'm a fan of Grimm. Have Grimm you seen awesome. Grimm? Or they're, oh, they're, I love it. I love watching the clips characters. online on YouTube. In fact, when I go into bed tonight, I just – do you find yourself doing that, Nadine? Do you find yourself sometimes when I should be reading? Yes, folks, I do this naughtily at times at night. But when I'm just, hey, I want to see what's going on, I find myself watching, like, my favorite scene clips from movies. Yeah. Um, from different scary movies or things like yes. that. And I'm always wondering, how on earth did they get that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who? Because so many people are not the production companies who created it. So how on earth were they right. able to do that? You know, so shame on you for intellectual property, but thank you for your support. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I do the same thing. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's late. Oh, but look, there's this movie. Ah, the hell with it. Let me go ahead and watch this or at least one <laughs> part of it before I fall asleep again. Uh, I have a question for you here from Solomon. Solomon says the 1980s movie It has several shape-changing characters. Have you seen it? Come on now, Solomon. What do you mean, have I seen it? What do you think of it? So, Billy, first let's start with have you seen it? And then let's go into what do you think of it? I thought It does – the original It with a clown. Were there shapeshifters there? Hmm. I don't – I don't remember that being we well then again that clown could do things but I don't remember it being the focus. Maybe if I'm looking I'm so I'm so engrossed with what happened with the modern version of it where he was doing all kind of stuff. Yes, there was shape shifting going on yes. and right. I can't modern recall from the original. Were yeah. there shape shift was there shape shifting in the original? Um I don't remember any of the kids shape I don't remember that. Um did he shape shift? I wanna say at one point was he like the spider? Like a big spider or something. Mm, okay. Kind of okay. So then, yes, in in that movie he did, and then in the remakes he did as well. In the remakes he oh. did because the remakes he was like an old lady and stuff. Okay, okay, that makes sense. But Nadine, what about the movie The Thing? Ah, yes, absolutely. Now is that shape shifting? I would think so. That I would think crazy. so, right? Yeah. That was because a crazy that, movie. Well, I mean, you're, you know, and, and besides the fact that you know that it's, you know, they, they did a great job of giving you that whole, we're in the, we're covered in the ice, we're in this desolate place, so help is not readily available, right? So I thought that was a really smart way to go. But yes, and the thing, yes, I think it's absolutely shape-shifting. And it takes shape-shifting to another level where you have the alien or whatever that was, the thing. Like, I remember, remember the head that will walk and grew legs like a spider? Right, right. Oh my gosh! I was like, okay, so this is taking it to a whole other level. Like this, it was such a movie ahead of its time and gruesomely good. I, I, I endorse it. Definitely endorse it. So Nadim, I got one for you. All right. Joe wants to know: Werewolves and vampires can be shapeshifters. Do you think this is oversaturated now in books and films? Uh, yes, yes, I do because. 
first of all, I don't feel – I think that shape-shifting is in the werewolf's DNA. It's in their legend. It's in their story. It's in their creature. It, it's all there. I have not seen a movie that they have been able to cleverly devise a werewolf being able to uh, either always be a werewolf. You know, they're they're always shape-shifting. Now, I do re- recall in the – and I, I'm hesitant to bring them up only because I'm not a particular fan of them – the Twilight series. These werewolves can change, but it did not have to be midnight, full moon, or anything like that. So that part I could actually appreciate because I felt that that was kind of different than the norm. As far as um, is it oversaturated? Yeah, Joe, I think it is because, I mean, come on, we think of Dracula or we think of vampires. I think in, in modern culture, in the modern movies and books, that's kind of changed a little bit. But what did we always think? Okay, vampires turn into bats. Right, so they, yeah. there's always so yeah. Do I think it's oversaturated? I do, I do, because I believe that they do it so often, and part of that could be laziness with people not willing to think outside the outside the box on how these creatures should be moving or how these creatures should be transforming. What do you think about this, Billy? You think it's overdone? I, I think it, I think. I kind of come to expect it. I guess I wouldn't say it's overdone in the sense that it's an expectation of these character types, but I think it's also something that's not done enough because we're beginning to see that more when we look at new characters in Marvel, for instance, we have Morbius coming out, right? Yeah. The last living vampire, right? And so his storyline is neat because when he's human, he's one thing, but he becomes that bat looking thing. He, he, transforms, I guess, or shifts into the last living vampire that can suck people's blood plasma. Um, it's super cool. That's different. We're getting now these backstories of other Marvel characters that we don't get a chance to know about. And I think that's super neat that we're able to do so. And so, I don't know. I, I would say that it's. Oh, I'm okay with it. I don't think it's overdone enough because it's an expectation. I think when we get to witches, I want a witch She's a mag- he or she or they are magic users. I want, I want that. I want to see what they can become. What can they control, right? So I, I kind of come to expect it. I just feel that out of all the shape shifting, why does it look like the the werewolf one is the most painful? We talked about it in the other episode. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like it looks so painful to shape shift. So I'm like, I don't know if I want it. I mean, would you want it, Nadine? Like to shape shift? Depends what I shape shift into. Which leads me to the question that we have here from Peter, actually. Peter says, if you could shapeshift into another being or entity, what would it be and why? So, Billy, I know you said you – we definitely – I think we both agree that the werewolf shapeshifting looks just a little too painful. But, Billy, if you could shapeshift, um, would you? And if so, to what entity? I, de- I think I definitely would. I'm just not sure to what entity I would feel comfortable enough shapeshifting into, if that makes any sense. It's true because just my luck, the moment I, I agree with you, just my luck, I shapeshift into something that's something, you know, if it's going to be an animal, there may be another predator for it in the world, folks. Right. Just at the moment when I'm trying to shapeshift, you know, they, the, the thing gets me. So, yeah, I could be a hawk <laughs> and a rabbit, but then there's a hawk that comes and scoop me up, right? Or an owl in my backyard wanting to have a feast of me if I became right. a rat to run away, you know? And I've seen those examples where shapeshifters have used it their gifts as a form of safety and well-being to secure their safety. 
So I think that's super cool. But I'm always wondering, just in my luck, lightning strikes right in the moment when I don't need it. And I can <laughs> get away from one problem, run into another. And so um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be anything else. And I, that's the other thing. Because obviously it needs to be something else that's living. Because this is still, <laughs> I don't want to be a cup. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Or a right. car or a wall. Like, oh, my, boring. But, um, right. but if I could shape shift into other people, what could I do? Hmm. Ah, true. Like the ability true. to be other people, not animals, but other persons. Ah, that's true. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, you could I use it know. to find out things. Oh, folks, we're getting evil here. We're so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find out. Yeah, find out. That's um, a whole other podcast. Another another episode. Another episode. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know what I would shape shift into. Um, I, you know what? I think I would like to shape shift into something, not sure what, but something in which I could stop a classic crime that we know of from occurring, any ah. classic crime from occurring. So I would really wish I could shape shift into whether that's a bean or something that scares off a, a famous crime that's about to happen. You know, I mean... If I was able to shape shift into Bigfoot and scare off the Zodiac Killer, as an example, I thought that would be. Oh. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's know, a good, that's a good example. Something different. That's all. Hmm. Peter, what would you like to be? Since you asked us. <laughs> that's right, Peter. You put us on the spot. Peter, what would you like to be? <laughs> Peter would probably be another podcaster who would like out podcast us or something. Who knows? <laughs> But um, but it's a great conver- That's a great question. I enjoyed it because we did ask it. I think in our bio for the show, like mm-hmm. if others could do it, then what would they do and why? I, I think it's it's safe to say there's there are endless possibilities. But you know, Nadim, Susanna asked the following: the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk counts as a shapeshifter. I think. Do you like this character? I love the character of the Incredible Hulk. But let mm-hmm. me tell you what I like best. I loved what Marvel did in the last Avengers movie where it gave the Hulk the ability to still be the Hulk, but be an intellectual and not be this just when he turns green, he's just this massive destroying machine that can't snap out of it. I like the fact that it was a choice that right. yes, he's always going to be green. He's always going to be big, but he doesn't always have to be a savage. And I really, really enjoyed that. They did that with that character specifically. I really, mm-hmm. really did. What about you, Billy? You a Hulk fan? I like the Hulk. When you know when um, what was this guy's name in the eighties? When he used to play it, and they put the contacts in his eyes, and he'd like turn, and it was right. like, oh my gosh, this is so cool! And then the Green Blue Man comes Hulk. running around. Yeah, yeah w- right. It, it, I love the character. Yeah. I I love the character itself, and I think that that is a good example of a shape shifter that's liked. You know, yes. yeah, he may have the rage that draws him to do it, but I appreciate what the Dean said about the fact that, Mar- you know, the, the modern day movies have really given him the control. I think it was David Banner, right? Yes. Is it David well, Banner? I think his name is David well, Banner. No, Mark Ruffalo has been the one in the past few. Ah, uh, got it. Got it. Avengers movies. And then, uh, then Ken Norton did, not Ken Norton, Edward Norton did one. But his the character that he is as a man, I think, is called David Banner. Bruce like, Banner. Oh, there it, Bruce Banner. So, oh, David Banner is the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We got a rabbit Sorry. Hulk. Wrong shape-shifting story, okay? Okay, you see what's happening here. I like the Hulk. I think the Hulk is awesome. Yeah, I think so, too. And, yes, definitely a shapeshifter. So I have a question here for you, Billy, from Spencer. Spencer says, mm-hmm. there's a difference between shapeshifters and tricksters. Oh, we spoke about this. Can you share a little bit about this, Billy? So tricksters are illusionists whose mere point is to tease, confuse the, the, you know, it's, it's the target, whatever the target is, in order to either escape, to learn or gain something from them, or to overpower them. And so tricksters are often, you know, they're, they're jokesters sometimes, they're playful, they're like living poltergeists. The difference is they're not ghosts, right? Um, they're also magic users. You know, so many magicians could be some considered tricksters at times. Uh, but shapeshifters, however, shapeshifters are different. You know, they could be very well based in humanity, but have some other superlative aspect of themselves that we just don't understand, whether it be influenced by nature or animal bites or by a relic. We just, you know, there are things that encourage the shifting. And there's confusion when they first discover the shifting abilities. Um, not knowing where they are, almost losing sense of consciousness when they go. Tricksters have full control of what they do, whereas some shapeshifters sometimes don't understand what they do or what they are until some later point in a storyline. So I think tricksters definitely are, they're both, you know, could be lethal in the wrong hands, but I think tricksters, tricksters have an ulterior motive every time. That's a good point. Let me ask you, Billy, I've been thinking about this since we've been talking about the topic. You think Doctor Who's a shapeshifter? He's a time lord, um, yes, or she is a time lord. But remember that every so often, Doctor Who sheds and changes it and transforms yeah. from one to another. So would Doctor Who be considered for our yeah. uh, for our British uh, fans out there? Would Doctor I Who think be so. a shapeshifter? Yeah, I think, I so, think so. A yeah. neo shapeshifter. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Okay. All but right. if we could remix shapeshifting today. Like, to give a new version or a new identity to shapeshifting, what would that look like? I think it would actually be great if an individual, if wanted to, to give it an update, can change the individual features of their face or their body. Maybe not necessarily replicate and completely other person, but you have a conversation with one person, your eyes are green. And then you have a conversation with somebody else, and your nose is pointier and then your mouth is wider, or then you're bald, or you have more hair, or you're, you're fat, or you're skinny, or you're muscular, or you're not. I just think it would be great for uh, – and by the way, any screenwriters out here, I'm copywriting this, so you got to hit me up if you want more details. But I think that um, – I think it would be good to have a, a being, a human, that can shapeshift and physically change their features based upon who or what they are dealing with and kind of follow them around to see how their story changes based upon how they look and who they interact with. That's a very good point. Shapeshifting has become one of the things I've I've found that when shapeshifters are among humans, right, in their human form and when they're discovered, they're immediately deemed as aliens. They're very foreign to the community in which they are, and they become excommunicated almost immediately. 
And I'm reading, I remember reading in college, one of my favorite sci-fi authors, she's African-American, rest in peace, Octavia Butler. She wrote great novels such as The Parable of the Sower, um, The Kindred. And in those novels, she created these African-based individuals who were, had the ability of shape-shifting and controlling all faculties of their mind. One of their characters, she had the ability to live forever. And one day she was just so depressed with living forever and even when she gets hurt, her body would instantly repair itself. But then she started figuring, if the body can instantly repair itself, what if I can make it break down and die and keep perpetually wanting to suppress the body's growth? So she was able internally and externally ability, had this ability of shape-shifting as this character. At one point, she was eventually killing herself to die inside and her enforcing her body not to repair itself as a result. And so I bring that in because just like what Adim said, and we can get a whole other remix, definitely sci-fi options and these fantasy options, the, the world knows no bounds in that regard. And I'm sure they may already be out there, but these are some examples of some of those who've already come before, and maybe we can revisit with our modern times. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a great point. And I do think that the shapeshifters need a modern touch to it. I have a question here for you from Brenda. Brenda says, which is, are the most popular shape-shifting characters and why do you suppose this is? Thank you for your question, Brenda. Well, when we talked about it in our shows ending, we talked about witches before as an entire episode a year ago. And one of the fascinations about witches is the, the, the ability to control elements of nature, control the mind. They can pretty much do anything in human form or otherwise, even changing their own form or perhaps being tricksters with the illusionist aspect. But witches uh, being most popular shapeshifters is because the witch identity has been around for centuries. Even mythology had its own uh, Circe, who was a witch. She was the witch, the goddess of sorcery. And so Circe existed in, 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 in Greek and Roman mythology. So even the historic cultures identify with beings or humans with supernatural powers. They may not have called them magic users, but they were witches. They had control of elements of nature or supernature. And so, and also too, because witches sometimes are given a bad name with their, their negative reputation, it makes it easy for them to be able to be seen as a dark force, which also reinforces some of the shape-shifting that shape-shifting can be bad. And so, it just reinforces. And yes, many witches are women. So a woman who can shift, it's already, you know, a, a, a criminal woman is scary enough. Give her some powers even more, right? So right. it's just, it just reinforces the negative aspect, the, the villain aspects of witches. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, listen, anybody who's listened to our podcast before uh, knows that I love witches. Mm-hmm. I love witches. I'm not talking about just legend in historical. No, no, no. Modern day witches. Witches are good people, all right? I just I'm, I always put that out there because I think there's always a negative connotation to witches, unfortunately. Now, I will say, yes, I think that witches, because throughout um, what is documented, what we know, legend, historical, uh, witches are powerful beings. They do have an aura. They're connected to the earth. They're connected to the elements. And because of this, because of their connection to the elements, I think they're always uh, attuned to that shape-shifting type of characters. And so, which I don't see anything wrong with, not at all, but you're right, Brenda, they are associated with shape-shifting, but I think that's only because throughout the legends and the stories and the historical aspects of witches, remember, witches are even mentioned in the Bible, 
in the, in the mm-hmm. Christian Bible, right? So even as we discuss that, we know that there's a, a power and an aura that witches have always tended to be associated with. Yeah. So lots of love to all the witches out there. Stephanie writes, Nadim, Harry Potter movies have shape-shifting in them. What's your take on horror books? Horror books with mag- magicians in them. They can be shape-shifters, too. They can, and, and Stephanie's absolutely right, and I love the Harry Potter series. I think it's fantastic, the books and the movies. Um, so, I think that when we start talking about magi- magicians, we're splitting hairs a bit when we talk about magicians and wizards, depending on how they're used. In the Harry Potter, I think they're closer to magicians. Is there a difference? No, wizards are seen uh, by story-wise anyway. Uh, wizards are seen to be just a little bit more powerful, where magicians are just, like Billy had said earlier, illusionists. And so having said that, yes, definitely Harry Potter has shape-shifting in them. And my take on horror books that have magicians, I don't know. I think magicians could be funny, but I think that if done correctly and in the right way, like in some of the Goosebumps series, I think magicians can have like a, a creepier, darker element to them, Billy. What do you think about that? They can. They can also have the ability. I think sometimes when you have shape shift, when you have shape shift, I mean, magicians in that regard as shape shifters, they can control a lot, including other shape shifters or humans. I think that I think that's a better matchup. We haven't we haven't really seen that very much. We've seen it in fantasy, but we haven't seen it in horror. So I would love to see some of these beings. It'd be hard to match a, a Michael Myers with a magic user, or could it? Now probably right. a better fit for Freddy Krueger and a magic user because it happens in a dreamscape, but then he comes to reality at some point. But I would love to see that kind of crossover. I think that would be a, a badass um, connection. <laughs> Like, yeah, that would be pretty cool to watch, actually. I agree. And that point is kind of pretty unstoppable. Like, what choice do you have? Just roll over and be yeah. like, all right. Yeah. All right. have a question here for you from Sterling. We have a few, but we're going to try to get to them. Sterling says, are doppelgangers shape-changing creatures? I don't think so. Do you, Nadeem? I don't think so because I if, I, if I have a double in the world, unless that double was a shape-shifter to become me, Correct. They always say that, a, that we all have a double of ourselves somewhere on the other part, parallel universe. Yeah. And so I don't see them as shapeshifters at all, at all. No, neither do I. Neither do I. I just simply think that a doppelganger is exactly that, somebody else that, that may mimic you, uh, not by any right. fruition of their own, right? But I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're uh, shape-changing or, or, or shapeshifters at all. What do you think, though, Nadim, is the true value of shape-shifting abilities? This is from Unknown. It seems like it can get you into worse than good. Uh, it could get you into the worse than good for shape-shifting abilities. The true value of it, well, it could be for defense purposes. could be to get information. It could be to exhibit your will onto whatever the situation is. Mm. Most of the times, the way it's written, yeah, it, it can get people into a good amount of trouble. But understand that how things are written and, and in the movies and the books, somebody who is using those shape-shifting abilities is doing so because they figure that the value they're going to receive from whatever end note they want from that shape-shifting is worth the risk. That's a good point. That's a very Billy, good point. I do agree. I, I thought that was a very good, well-stated, the way you said it. At the end of the day, I think we have to recognize that 
you know, if whatever gifts you're given, even if it's talent of writing, podcasting, what have you, it all depends on how you use them. If you get that extra gift or talent, use it for what you think is best, but I hope it will be for the better of humanity. Right. And then we're going to finish up here with Winston's question. And Winston says, Mm -hmm. even superheroes are shape changing. You're right. What is your favorite shape changing superhero? Billy? You mentioned a a couple already. I want to see more of Mystique. Mystique. I definitely want to see more of Mystique. Okay. So here's the thing. I think the Green Lantern, he himself doesn't really shapeshift, but his ring does. He can do all types of things with his ring. So I, I wanna I know it's a stretch, but I wanna kinda log him into that shape shifting type of ability. So I would definitely think that the Green Lantern could be part of that as mm. well. Dean, this was a great show. My goodness, these questions were so good. Our listeners love us. And they guess do. what? They're going to come back for more because on November 19th, two weeks from today, we're going to be talking about 21st century remakes of classic films, folks. We're coming down to the last three episodes of 2021 on Fright Talk. The Dean, this has been an incredible journey. So what can we possibly have ready for them in 2022, right? Oh, they're just going to have to tune in and find out. I mean, they gotta find as out. you know, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify. Go into Spotify, folks. Type in Everyday Folks Radio, and you're going to see the Everyday Folks uh, Network pop up. You're going to see all the Fright Talk episodes, along with some other goody episodes in there as well. Check us out. We have so we have over 24 hours of content. So if you like the show and you like the podcast, I mean, if you, I know, I, I understand we could be addicting. Listen to one after the other after the <laughs> other. Go ahead and do it and show us the love. And we truly appreciate all the love and support you give us. Please follow us on Fright Talk, guys on Instagram as well. And Billy, as always, thank you so much for having us and hosting and, and doing the incredible things that you do. It's always a fun time. I did all the same thing right back at you, brother. We can't, I couldn't do this without you. This has been an amazing journey and we're going over, we already passed our year mark. We're going to see year two of Fright Talk. And folks, we have so much more to come. So don't forget us. Tune in next for our next episode on November 19th. And if you don't hear it that night, you can still send in your messages. You have the options. Until next time, take care, stay safe, and enjoy the fear season if you can.